You're tuned to the KVMR Evening News. We're talking with Dr. Scott Kellerman, who is Nevada County's public health officer. Thanks for spending some time with us, Dr. Kellerman. Thanks, Felton. Uh, it's good to spend time with you, too, even if it's virtual. Yeah, well, that's how it's been for the last year and a half or so, and I guess it's going to continue this way as COVID has not gone away. No, it's still kind of omnipresent and dominates a lot of the news cycles and dominates our lives, too. It's uh, not been an easy thing, particularly as Delta variant. We thought a few months ago, you know, happy days are here again. June 15th, Governor Newsom announced that, you know, the, the blueprint for but the economy was going away and and everybody was really pleased opening everything up and then along came delta and changed all that are there any other variants besides delta that we need to worry about in california right now well there are no variants whether we ought to worry we got enough on our plate anyway without worrying about other things but yeah there's a move variant which came up from colombia and that uh, is apparently also contagious and virulent and puts people in the hospital. But uh, wherever Mu is, Delta's just running out of town. Delta's just overwhelmed all the other variants. They have alpha variants. They have kind of a Greek alphabet of, uh, of variants out there. But well over 90, 95% of uh, the infections in Nevada County are due to Delta. It's a dominant variant, and none of the other variants can get a toehold. I was looking at the numbers from uh, Monday, and on that they said there were seven people in the ICU, 22 hospitalized, and 77 new cases over the weekend. How much more capacity do we have in our local hospitals before we're overloaded? Well, there are beds available. It's just staffing. And it's been particularly problematic for Sierra Nevada Hospital is that they have the capacity, it's just they lack staff. And for a number of reasons, they have some staff shortages, which is made for cancellation of uh, electric surgery. The cardiac rehab program, pulmonary rehab, have been put on hold, and they've had to reallocate staff to care for not only the, the people with um, COVID-19, but other patients with other conditions that have, you know, obviously, they, you know, the heart attacks and the strokes and the cancers and things like that, they, they haven't gone away. And so they have to deal with all these other conditions in addition to COVID. And they've had to uh, reduce their ICU capacity simply because of lack of staffing. So it's not that, you know, the coronavirus has overwhelmed the hospital. It's been kind of the perfect storm of you know, lack of staffing and and this virus that has caused problems for not only Sierra Nevada or Tahoe Forest, but all the, all the hospitals in the region. One of the uh, new things that has come out in the last week is boosters. Uh, what do you know so far about boosters for the vaccines? Well, it looks like they're going to be approved. There's some studies came out of Israel, particularly that, um, you know, immediately you know, within a few weeks after getting us yeah, you know, a third shot. This is only we're talking about for the messenger RNA, the Moderna or the Pfizer. If they get a, um, a third immunization, it does boost your antibody levels. But antibodies are only one portion of the immune cascade that helps prevent against any kind of any kind of ailment. You know, particularly we're talking about COVID-19. But there are things called memory T cells and 
memory B cells and, and to study them is exceedingly difficult and complicated lab procedures. So if you just rely on antibodies, a lot of people's antibodies do wane, but you still have protection. I mean, everybody got a measles shot, you know, early on in their life, they're still protected. And that's because of the memory T cells and memory B cells are just lying in wait that if you get exposed, you'll produce the antibodies to fight it off. So it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> complicated. And if I had a guess, um, I think boosters will be approved. I think boosters will probably be approved for those over a certain age, maybe 65, and at a certain time frame after your last shot. And the one that's being studied is Pfizer. We're only talking about one of the three immunizations that are available to Americans that are studying right now as a potential booster. So, Felton, you ask a complicated question, as you know, it's, it's a political football, and um, the CDC and other organizations are meeting just to decide if it's appropriate. And our central government, at least politically, does not make those decisions. They're made by, um, you know, the scientific information that's available to, you know, these committees. So we'll probably know more here, I would think, by Thursday as a, as a committee that really looks at immunizations in their meeting tomorrow and, and uh, the next day. And I think they'll make a decision one way or the other. Then the CDC, and then we have something called the Western States, which comprise states of the West, and they make a decision. And then after that, if everybody gives a thumb up, thumbs up, the boosters will be available. But it's a complicated process. We're talking with Dr. Scott Kellerman, uh, Nevada County's public health officer. So we talked about political footballs. What are the latest COVID rules for indoor and outdoor uh, gatherings in Nevada County? Well, it turns out that if people look at the numbers, there's there's breakthrough infections uh, for people that are immunized. So it's recommended that indoors, the state has regulations for, um, for masking. And indoors, if you're unimmunized, you have to wear a mask indoors. State regulations, state health officer order. We think that we need to ramp it up a little bit. So immunized and non-immunized should be wearing masks indoors. And if you can't physically distance six feet outdoors uh, for any gathering, then mask or also, you know, you should wear a mask outdoors if you can't physically distance. It turns out this... Uh, Delta variant carries a lot of virus as opposed to the original variant. There's 1,200 times the amount of virus in, in people's lungs. So when you cough or sneeze or, or talk or sing, you can expel a lot of virus. And so it tends to overwhelm at least the antibody system, initial defenses in people that are even um, immunized. So we recommend immunized, non-immunized, indoor, outdoors, wear a mask, outdoors if you can't physically distance. Let's talk about the wildfire smoke for a second and the effects that it has on, on the public here. Now, we've been breathing smoke most of the summer. Have you seen any significant change in the overall lung health of our community since all of this smoke hit? Well, it's a hard good question, but it's hard to get those numbers. It's been certainly well documented that if your air quality index is over 150, watch out being outdoors, and with an air quality index that is higher than 150, then you're more susceptible to COVID. So there's a relationship between, you know, COVID-19 and air quality, and not only you're more susceptible, but you're more likely to get sicker. 
Is there a 60-second answer as to why uh, the, the smoke makes you more susceptible to COVID? Well, I mean, people who smoke, it's a problem that you, you know, you're breathing in all that particular matter, and, and then your body says, well, that's foreign, let's go get it. And so you get an uh, inflammatory response to that, and then you get a virus. You know, which one's the virus? Is, the, uh, is your body going to fight? And then the other thing is that you get a chronic irritation from the smoke and you tend to build up more mucus, more fluids. That's the reason people are kind of coughing during all the smoke. And that's a great culture medium uh, for viruses. Is there anything that a person could do to help their lungs after all of this? Like we've all breathed all this smoke all of this summer. Is there something we should be eating or something we should be drinking that would help repair our lungs? Well, I'd say if you smoke, don't smoke. And (laughs) air quality index gets over 150, don't go outside. And if you want to protect both against COVID and 19 and and the particular matter in the air where N95 mask is it works both uh, best for both cloth masks don't really work quite as well for the particular matter as N95. And obviously N95 works better for COVID-19. So, and your lungs will repair. If you stop smoking, your lungs, you know, the damage part, you know, if you have damaged um, your VLI, lower air sacs and things, that won't return. But uh, your lung function can improve when you stop smoking. Your chances of cancer drops dramatically uh, after you stop smoking uh, because not filling your lungs with irritants. So the body's got in- incredible reparative powers. So the upshot is your best offense against this is, is um, you know, just preventing more smoke inhalation. Just protect your lungs. Your lungs will repair. So if we get some rain this, this winter and stuff, then our lungs will be working to get better over the winter because we won't be breathing smoke, hopefully. It's the magic of the human body. There's a medical expression called prima non notra, which means first cause, no harm. And in medicine, we're taught that in medical school, day one, and most human bodies will recover if you give them a chance. So if they will recover, you know, don't mess with it. Let them recover. And the lungs have an, an incredible regenerative you know, capacity. So just let them recover. Give them air. We're talking with Dr. Scott Kellerman, Nevada County's public health officer. So we're uh, rolling into the fall now, and we've got the cold and flu season coming in on top of a pandemic. What can you say to address that? I'll get a flu shot. We got a drive through at Twin Cities on October 5th. So get a flu shot. It helps. I mean, obviously, in public health, we're interested in the health of the public, and the best way you can deal with the disease is not get it. And we talked earlier about things like, um, you know, how do you, you know, obesity and smoking and addiction and all that. It's best not to start. And most diseases, infectious diseases, they're, you know, many of them have immunizations. And so get immunized. It will help prevent you having to fight off the disease. Particularly with the Delta variant, they, the idea is it's younger, sicker, quicker. And it really has been a problem for the unimmunized. And we certainly we probably wouldn't be having this conversation if a large percentage of Nevada County was immunized. So you, your best way you deal with the disease is to prevent it. I assume that we're back to the old standards, too. In the wintertime, you wear a mask, you wash your hands about 20 times a day, 
you stay <laughs> six feet apart from each other. I think we've heard all this before. Yeah, we have. Interesting statistics is that uh, masks do work, and hand washing does work, and some social distancing does work, and, and it's demonstrated. You just asked about the flu. In America, typically anywhere between 25,000 and 45,000 Americans die over a flu season. Uh, last year, that number dropped dramatically to 685. Just an incredible drop. I'm on a call with healthcare providers on Friday morning in Nevada County, and, and last year nobody remembers uh, seeing uh, a case of the flu. Now this year, because I think we've opened up a bit, we're beginning to see a few flu cases and respiratory syncytial virus in kids and some other diseases that were kind of in the back burner. Uh, when everybody was masking and, and taking all these precautions. So the collateral uh, benefit of masking you know, was not just for COVID, but also for flu and other viruses. There were a bunch of questions we used to ask before COVID happened, and now we've kind of forgot about things like blood pressure and obesity. Uh, let's talk about blood pressure for one thing. First off, where do they get tested to find out where their blood pressure is? And then what do you do about it? Well, hypertension is a common problem in America. Where I work in Africa, it's exceedingly rare. But, you know, you can be tested, obviously, in any pharmacy. You can buy a blood pressure cuff. You can see most of the time you see your provider. They check your blood pressure. There are medications to help lower it. You were asking about how do you take care of your lungs if you've been exposed to smoke. I mean, the same way is about, you know, how do you take care of your body? You exercise regularly. You avoid excessive stress. You get you know, reasonable sleep, you watch your weight, and you eat, you know, foods that are good for your, good for your body, maintain a good diet. And if you do that, people would come in and they would say, oh, I got blood pressure, what do I do about it? And you say, there's some lifestyle changes you could do. It's a lot easier to take a pill every day, but who wants to do that? Want to make the changes that will promote longevity and, and also, you know, help you along the way to, to remain healthy. So a lot of the treatments of blood pressure are lifestyle adjustments, at least initially. Same thing for high blood sugar. Well, I can speak to that uh, personally in that at the beginning of the year, I had very high blood pressure. And I just I went to my daughter, who changed my diet and my lifestyle pretty much, <laughs> and got me to eat beets and, and olives and uh, avocados and all these things that are just really good for your body. Don't add sugar to your body and uh, don't raise your blood pressure, actually lower it. It's true, Phil. And so are you recommending that we all listen to our kids? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend they listen to us and we listen to them. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a circle of listening. It is a conversation which seems to have diminished over the course of um, uh, this pandemic. It seems like the ability for us to communicate with people who have diverse views is, is not what it ought to be in. I think that Mrs. County, we're better than that. I think we can improve the way we communicate about, you know, politics and virus and masking and immunizations because they're all just issues. But basically, we face the same challenges. We may take different approaches to do it, but how do we do it in a collaborative way? In the interest of free speech, I do talk with the anti-vaxxers in our community, and they get very um, passionate about their views. What would you say to them to try and bring them at least into the middle of this conversation? Well, it turns out we have a common enemy. I mean, when the wildfires hit, what do we do? We all pull together. I was out at 
Bear River when it was an evacuation site for the river fire. And, you know, people were coming in, you know, drifting in, you know, to be, you know, opened up the gym and everybody collaborated. I saw, I saw people from the supervisors there and the, and the school administrators and public health and behavioral health. And, and then people were just dropping by, dropping off, you know, food and, you know, gifts and any way I could help. That's the spirit of Nevada County. And so just like a wildfire, a wildfire doesn't know any boundaries. I mean, it, these wildfires of Dixie and, and called a fire, jumped over ridges. I mean, that's unheard of. So it doesn't know any, any geographic boundaries. You know, uh, COVID-19 does not know any political persuasions or religious beliefs or any of that. I mean, we all are susceptible, unless you've been immunized, of course. But if it's a common enemy, how come we can't approach it? We may have different ways, different ways we might approach it, but we have to do it with the commonality. You know, how it's divided itself against itself cannot stand. And I, I really worry that uh, some of this, some of the kind of some of the anger and some of the vitriol I've seen has not been productive to future conversations to deal with some of the other, you know, epidemics that are facing us like addiction and homelessness and diseases of despair like depression. How do we come together to deal with um, not only COVID-19, but other things afflicting our county? We've been talking with Dr. Scott Kellerman, the public health officer for Nevada County. We certainly thank you for your time and your insights into our current world here. (laughs) Thanks, Felton. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the mouthpiece at KVMR. I mean, when I first came to town in 1981, Turn on a radio station. What an eclectic, you know, broadcast. And, you know, just variety of opinions and wonderful music. So please keep up the good work and get the information out and how we can. I mean, because uh, all ears are on KVMR and um, and all particular people with, um, you know, approaches to different issues. So, you know, you give a balanced approach to things and I hope people you know, it's, it's something can generate more uh, collaboration. We thank you for your time, Dr. Scott Kellerman, Nevada <laughs> County's public health officer. You have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, Felton. All the best. Bye-bye.